ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 60 of the Ringside Rundown podcast brought to you by TWM.News. My name is Eric Vasquez and joining me on the line is my podcasting partner in crime. Yes, that rhymes. She is Shay Hickson. Shay, what's going on? What's up? This is a, this is a little new for us on a Wednesday night. Yes, we're, we're, we're missing, we're missing dynamite to bring you guys some content. <laughs> I know, which sucks, but that's what DVR is for. So we'll survive. Very true. We'll make it. We'll we'll make it. We'll push through. Yes. Well, uh, today's episode is gonna. We're doing something a little different. Uh, we're gonna have a mailbag episode because we have so many questions to answer to make up for some time lost, and uh, people want to get our opinions on a lot of things. We we said the heck with the recaps. Let's just do a mailbag episode where we answer some questions, hang out, have a good time, and uh, have a relaxing episode. How's that sound? Yeah, it works for me and. Uh... Honestly, I feel like the listeners kind of did the recapping work for us because looking through a lot of these, it pretty much covers all the like big talking points from last week. So I think we're I think we're good. Ah, sounds good. Sounds good. So our listeners, our loyal listeners did all the work for us <laughs> by sending in those questions. And we'll let you know where you could send in questions and all that stuff at the end of the episode. Uh, so hang tight. But again, this is going to be a free, easy episode. Nothing too uh, spectacular, not not a lot of recapping, just talking about, like you said, the major talking points. Yeah, and obviously we're going to have some rants. Obviously we're going to have some, uh, yeah, pretty much rants. Uh, <laughs> we may yell about some things, good, bad, or indifferent, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So why might as well get right into it, should we? Yeah, let's do it. So I had to pull up like half and half on my computer and my phone. So we're going to start with uh, Jeff's questions because he had quite a few. So Jeff, thank you for all the questions as always. And we're starting off with something that I know that you know I wanted to talk about after last week. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens to be with Soraya joining the AEW women's division, what impact do we foresee her actually having on the, the division? And when and if she is clear to return to action, who do you want her first feud to be against? Mm. Uh, <sighs> very interesting. Uh, as, as he mentioned, Soraya, and as you mentioned, is uh, part of the AEW roster now. Uh, it's, it remains to be seen in what capacity she'll be uh, being used on the AEW roster, whether she'll be an in-ring competitor or doing something else. I don't think that was clarified. And I think for me, that is my one big worry. Can mm-hmm. her neck hold up with the style of, of wrestling that AEW likes to provide? Um, it's a little different, a little... I don't want to say not, it's not that it's not safe, but AEW definitely has a free will to, to do what they feel is right in the ring. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can get a little chaotic. Uh, A little bit. Yeah. Um, I feel like regardless of if she wrestles or not, I think her impact is going to be uh, massive for sure. Um, I, I think I'm just glad that we got to talk about this first because I've been waiting since last week to talk about this because I was watching Dynamite when it happened and um, I'll be completely honest. I cried a little bit. Uh, not going to lie. I was uh, I was extremely happy because as we've talked about on this show, if it wasn't for Paige, I probably at the time Paige, I probably wouldn't have gotten into women's wrestling as fast as I did because back then it was still the divas. It was still the you look pretty, but you can't really do anything in the ring, but you know, you're pretty. So that's all that matters. And 
Soraya came in and just flipped that script on its head. And it was finally somebody for me that's like, okay, finally, somebody I can root for, someone that's more like me, more my style. And without a doubt, she completely changed the game in women's Mm -hmm. wrestling in WWE, without a doubt. So to see her have to retire as early as she did really broke my heart because there's still plenty of potential for her in the ring. And the fact that we may get to see her come back is just uh, incredible to me. Obviously we'll probably find out the answer uh, after we're done recording as like you said, dynamite's on right now. So we'll figure it out by the time the uh, podcast drops, but yeah, I'm, I'm just super excited to just see her back in a ring. Um, Kind of a surreal moment because it's one of those we didn't think it was ever going to happen kind of things. So mm-hmm. I'm super excited about it. Um, really hoping she's going to wrestle just to see if she still has the the potential, which I think she does. Um, they have her on the roster page with a record, so that might say something. But um, if she does wrestle, I feel like the first feud's rather obvious. It has to be Britt Baker. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. That would be my answer as far as who I think and who I really want to see as as her first big test in AEW. If she was to get back in the ring, uh, Britt Baker, I think, would be uh, a a good uh, a good stepping not stepping stone a, a good marker an indicator yeah. whether or not you know there's some ring rust or anything there. Um, the one bi- the the one thing is that I'm with Britt Baker though is like i feel like her past couple of matches mm-hmm. it's been her opponent that's been kind of carrying her yeah yeah know? and they so felt a little of, off yeah and so i'm kind of wondering if, if soraya can be in that position where she can call a match if there's no ring rust or anything like that or if they're you know they have some chemistry that's the big you know most important thing about the whole thing is whether or not they have chemistry with each other in the ring. So only time will tell. Yeah. Um, I, I do agree. It definitely has to be Brit is her first feud if she wrestles, which is going to absolutely uh, destroy me for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm super excited to see it because I feel like both of them have gone on the record and said that they would love, would have loved to have faced each other. So we're mm-hmm. pretty much getting a dream match right here. Um, I feel like, yeah, Britt's last few matches have been a little off, but I feel like she's one of those that can rise to the, the occasion when need be. So I feel like I feel like she could definitely turn it back on for a, a few with Soraya. And then you throw Jamie Hayter into the mix. It's going to be even more interesting. And yeah, I just I can't wait. I'm just um, I could spend the entire podcast talking about Soraya, but we'll we'll save it for uh, another time. But yeah, <laughs> I am super excited to see her back in a ring and uh I didn't care where she was going. As long as I got to see her wrestle again, that's uh, that's all I wanted to see. For sure, for sure. I'm excited to see what she's going to do and, and how she's going to be a part of the AEW roster because I feel like throughout everything that she's done after her time in the ring, you know, she still was a wrestler at heart. You know, yes. she comes from a wrestling family. Wrestling is still a big part of her life, even though she didn't really talk about it that much. I'm sure she missed it. And so hopefully this means that she can be in an AEW ring and do something in in-ring capacity. I just, again, hopefully she can remain safe. That's the biggest part because, she, you know, she's, she's dealing with an, a neck thing. You know, the spinal yeah. fusion stuff, that's, that's nothing to joke about. I know we've seen some wrestlers come back from that. Edge is one that had the spinal fusion 
you know, stuff going on with the next stingers. So, um, and he came back just fine. So hopefully it's the same thing with Soraya. She's, she's good to go and she can be safe in an AEW ring. Yeah. Her, her honestly, her health comes before anything. So as long as she's safe and as long as everything's good, that's, uh, that's all that matters to me. Yes. Alrighty. So next question is this is this one I was waiting for because this has pretty much been the talk of like WWE Twitter. Who do you think the white rabbit is alluding to? Could it be Bray Wyatt making his return or somebody else? I'm, I'm hoping that it's Bray Wyatt because I mm-hmm. feel like it's, it's really creative. Yeah. And obviously Bray Wyatt is a very creative individual. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's definitely outside of the box of what we're used to seeing in WWE. Oh, yeah. And this could be a defining moment in the regime of Triple H and what he's doing as, you know, a complete out-of-the-box situation that they delivered on all fronts. Because this is the thing where y- you have to you have to deliver the goods. You can't yeah. you can't slack, you can't give anything underwhelming. It has to be something good because people for some reason are hooked on to whatever this is. You yeah. know, I see it all over it's all over TikTok. As soon as yeah. nine nine twenty-three comes around, you know, you're seeing posts about how the arena goes dark and they're playing White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. And, you know, all you see are the lights. I feel like it is I, I feel like it is Bray Wyatt and I feel like ultimately when it's revealed that it's Bray Wyatt, then people will be happy. Um not only that they were right that that Bray Wyatt is back. Now, if it happens to be somebody else, like I said, it has to be somebody that's when when the name is announced, when it announced who it is, it makes sense and it delivers yeah. on all fronts. It can't be something underwhelming or else you're going to hear from it all over on social media. Yeah, people are going to rip them apart if it's not somebody big. I feel like it has to be Bray Wyatt, too, because the only other... Um, Two options I could think of would be obviously Karrion Cross because I was his like character on the indies. And mm. interestingly enough, I don't know if you saw this. I saw, um, and I don't know if it's real or not, so you know, just like bear with me. But it was something about someone found the code for the QR code last week, and mm. something on the code said, "No man is ever truly good. No man is ever truly evil." Really. And that just so happens to be Malachi Black's uh, WWE theme. So do I think it's Malachi? No, because I'm pretty sure he kind of went on the record. I think he like was doing a stream or something where he said he didn't actually get released by AEW. They just gave him time off and that mm-hmm. things seem fine now. So I doubt it's him. But the thing I like about Triple H is that he really keeps you guessing all the time. Because even if you're... 95% sure it's Bray Wyatt. The other 5% is like, well, it could be something with Karrion Cross because that was his gimmick. But then when people found the code, it was, oh, well, because let's be honest, he probably was thinking that people were good enough to get into that kind of code. So they would have had to have done something to kind of throw the fans off a little bit. Because mm-hmm. that's just how technology works nowadays. It's easy for some people to get into the codes of these. I don't know how they do it. Um, but he had the wherewithal to put something like that in there. So now it's making people guess even more. It's like, is it Malachi black? Is it carrying cross? Is it Bray Wyatt? Who is it? And I love that. It's like, you really don't know, even if you're like almost sure it's Bray Wyatt, you don't like definitively know. Oh no, it's absolutely gotta be him. Right. 
So yeah, I I still think it's Bray, but I like the Triple H just keeping everybody guessing, and I love how they're not. It doesn't feel like they're dragging it out. It's still you don't really see people going, "Oh God, here's another thing," and they're just dragging this on, blah blah blah, whatever. No, people are still invested in this, and it's been going on for what few weeks now. Yeah, nobody's really uh, egging them on to rush it. They're just kind of going with it. I thought I thought everything was going to be revealed on the twenty third. Yeah, um, me too. That's when I thought it was going to be revealed. I'm kind of happy it wasn't. I kind of, I kind of am. Like I said, I'm so intrigued by by the different things that they're doing yeah. to bring this about. I feel like it's a really creative idea to spark some interest because whenever it is announced that this entity is going to show up, you know, people are going to tune in to watch and see who is it and what what is this all about. Like mm-hmm. I said, it could be Bray Wyatt. I'm hoping it's Bray Wyatt. Uh, but if it's not, I hope it's somebody that is going to uh, really make us go, wow, that is really interesting that they're going about it. Um, I don't know if it's carrying. I wouldn't put my money in carrying Cross. No. Because I feel like this is somebody, like, it has to have been away for a while. Yeah. You know, and Karrion yeah. Cross has kind of been in uh, the forefront of everything. He's going to have a strap match with Drew McIntyre at Extreme Rules, which is going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, but, uh yeah, I'm just I'm really intrigued by all of it. Yeah, uh, you and me both. It is uh, it's going to be interesting. I feel like we might maybe see something at Extreme Rules. I'm not entirely mm. sure. Who knows? But um, either way, I am uh, definitely excited to see what comes of it. But uh, speaking of carrying cross, uh, Jeff's next question was it just him or did WWE really try to make Cross look weak compared to Drew McIntyre uh, last week on SmackDown? <sighs> um. I don't think so, because I feel like Cross has been kind of just having his way with McIntyre for a while, so you kind of have to have Drew not look completely weak the whole time, so right. it made sense. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't think they make Karrion look weak. It's just, you needed to have Drew stand up for himself again, and you got the right. fireball back, which I thought was cool. Yeah. yeah, so too bad that didn't work out too great, but uh, yeah. one thing you have to take note is that the week before, Karrion Cross was the one that put Drew McIntyre to sleep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it could have been, you know, he's getting his revenge, you know, for that particular incident. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't you can't always have Karrion Cross look like the monster, you know, that's just gonna run over everything, or else there Drew McIntyre has no hope in this match. I exactly. think they want to keep I think they want to keep it balanced. You know, the Drew McIntyre is still pretty popular, so he's got you know, his contingent of fans that are going to be cheering him on. And I think there's a couple people, there's a good portion of the fan base that is really into carrying across. And I think Scarlett adds to that. So um, I think one good thing is they really haven't overexposed carrying across. You know, he really Mm -hmm. hasn't had that many matches. I think he's only had that one match against Drew Gulak and the rest have been kind of talking points or he's, uh, you know, interfering in whatever Drew McIntyre is doing. Yeah, so I, I think that's been agree. very smart. Yeah, I, I com- think that's been very smart. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I um yeah, I do agree that you had to make you had to make Drew stand up for himself at least one. You still have Karrion win this match at extreme rules. I don't think what happened on Raw or on SmackDown hindered him at all and it's like, oh well he's definitely not winning now. You just you can't always have the bully win all the time. You kinda have to have the person getting picked on stand up for themselves occasionally. So yeah, no. I don't think uh I don't think he was made to look weak i think it was just the natural story progression 
Yeah, I think it was it, they're going for balance with this. Yeah, exactly. Because God knows WWE needed more balance in their storylines, and <laughs> I so I'm perfectly okay with it. For sure. Uh, all right, so over to uh, AEW, or more specifically, Ring of Honor. Claudio's title reign had so much life ahead of it. Why would they decide to give Chris Jericho yet another title reign when he's clearly past his prime and not the draw he used to be? Ooh. Well, uh, not wrong. Um, <laughs> at all. Um, <sighs> I... <laughs> I feel like it just goes back to literally the same thing we have mentioned, like, what, three weeks straight now, where he probably went to Tony and was like, look, if you want this storyline with Garcia to look really well, then I have to have the title, because then it's like, well, I can only, I have to have a title, too, because Garcia has one. Just He probably just politicked his way to getting it. Um, at least that's just what we assume, because we just always assume that he's politicking for something. Um, yeah, I didn't... I didn't agree with it then. I still don't agree with it now. I I hated it. That was a really stupid move. And you and I both called it. We're like, you know what? We wouldn't be surprised if he wins this goddamn thing because why not? And yeah. <laughs> it was it just you could just sense the disappointment in the whole uh idea of having Jericho as being this champion. It's not that it's not that he's not great. He's, yeah, he's a legend. Okay, he's a legend. He's done it all. He's he's won every major title you can think of. He's mm-hmm. been a draw. He's done all the great things. It's just now when you're in a position that he's in, he can do so much more by helping the 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 younger, more established talent. And not only that, but the the talent that people always wanted to see yeah. at the top of uh, at the top of the mountain. People have always said Cesaro was a world champion. He was a world yes. champion caliber. He he deserves to hold the championship of high regard. When you give him that opportunity, you gotta you gotta take a chance. You gotta let him run with the ball. You know they could have done some great things with Jericho and Claudio Castagnoli. Um, you know together to put together a storyline to make this interesting. And it didn't even have to have Jericho winning the title. No, uh, he's smart enough to make things work. Without him always having to come up, come out on top. Yeah, you know, I yeah. just feel, I just feel like, I, I just feel like his ego got in the way, and he felt like he needed to have this championship to to be the talk of the town. I don't know. I, to me, it, it was just a bad call. A lot of people say that that Ring of Honor is trying to shop a TV deal around to try to try to get back on TV and the reason they gave Jericho the title is because he's a more recognizable name. Yeah. I can see the recognizable name part, but again, Claudio Castagnoli is someone you take a chance on to to lead a company like Ring of Honor that's so wrestling based, you know. Yeah. I feel like he's more set to be a great leader for that locker room, a great leader for that comp- subsect of a company uh, in AEW. Um, I- I'm just, I'm just disappointed. I-, I-, I wish I was a part of that conversation just to listen, to see how Jericho got his way and got the title. You know, who was the, who did anyone say, maybe we should go a different route or anything like that. I don't, I mm-hmm. don't know, but I'm just, it's one of those things as, as a fan, I'm baffled. Yeah, you and me both. Um, just because he's the more recognizable face doesn't mean that he's the better option, though. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, yeah, I find that reasoning just kind of, it's almost like a cop-out kind of thing, because, yeah, he's more recognizable, but Claudio was way more popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you think you want to go with the person that might sell the tickets and the TV deals, not, oh, well, everyone knows who he is, doesn't necessarily like him, but it's him. It's yeah. just... I feel like the easiest the easiest word to describe this whole situation is absolute overkill. Right. And I don't think it would have been as... <sighs> I wouldn't have hated it as much if he hadn't already won, like, what, three or four matches in the last few months he had no business winning. Right. That was my big thing, too. Yeah, with Danielson and Kingston. He had no business beating either of them. And so it's like the fact that it happened again, it's just like, seriously, are we really going to keep doing this? So... Timing definitely didn't help, but yeah, I completely agree that they made the wrong call on that. They should have kept it on Claudio because he could have been a really good champion for Ring of Honor. And even if he wasn't the most recognizable, his talent could speak for himself and he would get the new fans that way. So yeah, I find it it was a very kind of cop-out, I think, excuse to be like, well, we needed the TV deal. It's like, okay, well, you could have done that with Claudio too. I agree. So, yeah, it's uh, trash, is what you want to say. Um, uh, another question about Jericho. What will it take to finally destroy the Jericho Appreciation Society and end Jericho's spot in the main event scene? The one thing I, th- I think that they're doing smartly is they're building the rift between Garcia and Jericho. Um, yeah. Garcia is a super young talent who still is up and coming but he can be one of those young talent that AEW can feature and even ROH can feature in a, in a prominent position so the one thing I do like about the Jericho Appreciation Society is that it seems to be like it's going to implode from within yeah it's just you just hope then that another sub faction doesn't come out of this eventually mm-hmm. because we've said before this is pretty much the inner circle 2.0 and yes really hasn't um i haven't changed my mind on that and i feel it almost feels like at this point the only way jericho gets out of the main event title scene is if he doesn't want to be in it anymore Mm -hmm. that's what it literally feels like but yeah uh garcia is definitely going to be or definitely is the catalyst for the appreciation society's demise and i cannot wait for it to happen it can't happen fast enough um until a few months from now when Jericho finds some other new faction to make because, you know, he just can't help himself, I guess. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be Garcia is going to be the one to take everybody down. Just fine with me. So. Um, all right. So this was just a uh, shout out to Kyrie who celebrated her birthday on the 23rd, so last week. And also she has been announced as the third participant on the international side of the IWGP Women's Title Tournament. Oh, nice. So that's going to be really interesting to see for sure. So definitely check that out. Um, we do also have to get Jeff on here so he can talk about his uh, his picks that we had a few weeks ago. Um, for sure. So we might have to check that out in, a, in a, maybe a week or so. We'll definitely get our schedules together and see what we can do. So, uh, yeah. So happy belated birthday to Kyrie. Uh, glad she's still doing great things over on the Japan side. So we always love to see that. Alrighty, so he wanted to go back uh, to two questions from last week, and the one question we had was what uh, title would we bring back and why, and he said he would bring back the television title, but make it a women's championship, and it has to be defended on Raw and SmackDown every week and sometimes NXT. Ooh. 
I'd like that. That'd be a really good idea. Yeah, and it's smart to put it on both brands and having to defend it. I probably wouldn't have it defended on both shows. I probably would have it defended once a week. Yeah, maybe. You know, like an yeah. open challenge sort of deal. Open challenges are always the best way to get titles over. Oh, yeah. Depend- yeah, because you could definitely... You could definitely win the crowd over with a surprising match that no one saw coming. So, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, and that would work because that would pretty much be WWE's equivalent of the TBS titles. So Yeah, I was just thinking that, yeah. I'd be all for that. That would be that would be really cool. Um, and then the, um, the other question from last week was which uh, wrestler did we think had the best merch, which we still said House of Black because, duh. Um, yes. but, um, Jeff would argue that Maki Ito has the best wrestling merch. He said the house of black's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but we're all Maki Ito simps and she has the best merch period. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, we love Maki Ito too. So yeah, I, she's great. She's awesome. But I still have to say house of black though. I just biased. Yeah. And it, it sucks that, uh, house of black seems to be disintegrating. Uh, you know, yeah. we, we talked about Malachi Black. He's going to be taking an extended break away from wrestling to get his head right, which we support 100%. Mm-hmm. And it looks like um, due to like work visa issues, uh, Buddy Matthews uh, is going to have to be taking some time off until he gets that situation uh, fixed. And so that way he can continue to work in the United States and work in AEW. So for the time being, we won't see much of uh, House of Black. Yeah, I mean, at least we still got Julie and Brody, and I feel like we could definitely, I think it still kind of can play into what I was saying last week, where even though it is just Brody now, Julia can still kind of pull the strings. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see if they continue to do that, because I I like Brody. I think he could definitely be a big player in the uh, men's division if they uh, so choose, but uh, I would hope, because God knows I think he's earned it, and... uh, could be a star there so yeah i'd like to see what they do with him for the time being until we get the house of black uh back together hopefully sooner rather than later but oh my goodness um yeah uh who's next for the usos he kind of wants them to go against this new version of the viking raiders Ooh, i'd be okay with that i would too i I want them to go against imperium Oh yeah, I, I I just think it, it's a clash of styles, but it's so. It's like one side is pure wrestling, and the other side is like a spectacle. It's not so yes. much of a spot fest like the Young Bucks. It's just mm-hmm. it's a well organized chaos. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and yep. I feel like I feel like with Imperium and their their wrestling sense and their wrestling IQ, I think th- those four would have great chemistry. I'm just waiting for that Imperium Usos match. Yeah, and I honestly would also agree with Jeff, too, with the Viking Raiders, because that's another clash of styles, too, where the Usos have, like, the organized chaos, but the Viking Raiders is just all out brutality. Yes, especially the new Viking Raiders, where they've undergone this, like, heel persona. You look how they destroyed the New Day, yeah. you know, and it would it would work out well against the Usos. I think the Usos, man... They 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 deserve recognition to be just as good as FTR. I think oh, yeah. the way we t- I think the way we talk about FTR, we should talk about the Usos. Not because they've been champions for this long. It's just they they consistently put out great matches. No yeah. matter who's on. I was just thinking about that too, watching them against the Brawling Brutes on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um it's just the Brawling Brutes, no 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 disrespect to them, but they're kind of 
they're kind of still kind of newish, especially yeah. with Holland. As a team, they're they're still kind of new. So to be able to get that opportunity to go up against the Usos for the titles, it's not so much the heel face dichotomy. It's just a straight up match, and they delivered on all fronts. But again, it's the Usos who are able to make other teams look like stars. Exactly. So yeah, I feel like honestly at this point you can put the Usos with just about anyone, and you know it's going to be a great match. It's just mm-hmm. uh, kind of running the risk of who's left because. Kind of running out of some names here, but um, yeah, I'd say the Brawling Brutes and the Viking Raiders are definitely the two uh, options I would most want to see next. Um, I feel like that's what we're probably going to end up seeing because we don't really have a a choice. And Imperium too. Can't forget Imperium. So yeah, I'd say those would be some uh, definitely some good matchups that we would uh, want to see soon. And all right, so this question I know hurt him to ask. Um, but Saray has seemingly just disappeared from NXT, not being on TV for a while now. Do we think her recent struggles finding chemistry with her opponents is the cause of this? And do we think her time in WWE is coming to a premature end? Because at one time, she was one of the highest rated Joshis on the planet. Um, and Jeff really thinks she needed to be paired with someone like Alba Fire or even put under Oscar Eo's wing to help her adjust to the uh, U.S. way of wrestling. Yeah, I yeah. think... I think he hit the nail on the head with the last part. With not so much the US way of wrestling, but the mm-hmm. WWE way of wrestling. Yeah, it's I think it's I think what he was um meaning because we talked about it a little bit was um when it comes to Joshi's wrestling, they they're very stiff. They mm-hmm. definitely lay him in and there's no denying that that was a stiff shot when you see a Joshi land a strike. So I feel like maybe she felt like she had to pull back a little bit in the US because Granted, there are some wrestlers or women's wrestlers that are pretty stiff in uh, their own right, but overall, it's not as uh, hard hitting, I guess, as over in Japan. So, I could see how that would be a problem, and I I do think the lack of chemistry definitely wasn't helping either because I can only remember the a while ago there was she had a really good match with Dakota Kai on NXT, and then that was about it. It was just she kind of just. Everything else after that was just kind of off. And it's a shame because I know that Jeff holds her in high regard. And I'm sure a lot of other Joshi fans do. And she seems really good in the ring. It's just something has just not been clicking. And the new character didn't really do anything. So it's kind of tough to say. I I think Jeff was definitely right. I think it was uh, the chemistry... Um, kind of needs felt the need to adjust or you know like ease up a little bit and i could understand if you have a certain way of wrestling and even if no one told you you just get it in your head that oh well i think i might have to like change this because of that and whatever you get into your head and it's pretty much game over once you're in your head it's uh it's tough to kind of regain that focus Mm -hmm. Uh, so i couldn't imagine how um frustrating it must be for her right now um do i think she's gonna be uh released at some point i really hope not i feel like under triple h he'll be he'll be able to find a way to rebound or help her rebound a little bit in wwe because i feel like he's definitely more of the kind of boss that would give you another chance instead of vince just being like yeah you've had enough time get out of here i feel like Triple H can make Saray one of his reclamation projects, and I'd be uh, I'd be perfectly okay with that. 
for sure. I think she's a great talent. I I saw there was glimpses of that. Okay, I can see why they went and got her and brought brought her to the states. Um, it's just it's a different animal working with the WWE. WWE is unlike any sort of wrestling, even even in the United States. You know, it's completely yeah. different from uh, AEW. It's completely different from independent wrestling. It's its own animal. It's its own beast, and you have to be kind of all you have to let it kind of consume you and that can be that can be tough for someone just coming to the united states not really having any family here or anything like that not knowing anything not knowing anyone you know all your friends are back home so Mm -hmm. that can be tough for anybody and only being 26 too my age yeah wow she's she's really young so yeah i could i could see why it's a little bit tough for her you know it, it just goes to show you not saying that she's not cut out for it. I think she is cut out for it. Oh yeah. Um, but but this can this type of work can be mentally draining. It could have nothing to do with being inside of the ring. You could do everything right inside mm-hmm. of the ring, and still it's just not working out. But I hope that you know um, she can figure it out and they can get it clicking because I'm always a big fan of more women in the women's division making it prominent making it feel like it's kind of busting at the seams with talent not in yep. not enough talent you know you know i think if anything if you want to hoard talent you want to hoard women's talent yes absolutely you know i i think i think having too many women on your roster is a good problem to have mm-hmm. so anyone anyone whether it be saray or somebody else i think you know you want to try to hold on to them as much as possible yeah i completely agree and I actually made a point of this, too, when I was talking to him about it. I said, you know, I think Saray, too, just came into WWE at the worst possible time under uh, Vince because Vince is pretty notorious for not booking Joshis and just Japanese wrestlers in general consistently well. Mm-hmm. They get glimpses here and there, but it's never like... He never allows them to meet the expectations that were uh, put upon them when they signed with WWE. So I feel like now that Triple H is in charge, I hope she gets a fair shake. And I think she will. I don't really see Triple H giving up on her just yet, which is fine with me. Um, Just a matter of time to see what happens, though. I agree. All right, so now we're going on to uh, his new set of questions from today. Uh, was it necessary for Bianca Belair to dominate Io Sky as much as she did during their last match? Io's better than that and deserves to be better, or deserves better than to be a high-profile jobber. Yeah, she's going to get run over a little bit. He felt some type of way about that, huh? <laughs> he he, he kind of felt the same way I felt with uh, Dakota and Raquel last, well, not last week, two weeks ago. Uh, I see. I see. Uh, you know, I, I I really can't say I saw that she got steamrolled. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. happy that uh, that she's on the main roster and she's finally getting uh, a, a chance to shine. Because I, I know being on the main roster was a big point for her that she wanted to, to reach and she wanted to reach that goal. And she, yeah. she kind of, like you say, like you said with Saray, how she it's kind of just she came on the scene at a bad time. I mm-hmm. feel like EO Sky coming back and getting on the main roster was like the perfect timing. Oh yeah. She's really flourishing. Um Bianca's the champion. Yeah. You know what else can you say? Bianca's the champion. I I like I said I didn't see it as steamrolling, but I can understand why she has to be a little bit more dominant mm-hmm. cuz 
you know, she kind of looked vulnerable once Bailey pinned her at Clash at the Castle. You know, yeah. showed a little bit of kink in the armor. Yeah, I feel like it kind of is, uh, it's kind of like the whole Carrion and Drew thing. Damage control's been pretty much running over most of the women in that division right now. So at some right. point, they kind of have to get some pushback. So I get it. It just sucks to see them lose because you don't want them to lose. But you kind of have to have the good guys win occasionally, I guess. So yeah, I that's yeah. what I would say. It was I think it's just more again storyline consistency and balance, I suppose. Uh this is this one was a good one. This match has happened before, but how badly does AEW need to book Danhausen versus Orange Cassidy? Oh Ben, that would be something to watch. That would. I feel like the worst part is though, is that you put those two in a match and one of them has to lose. It's not going to be very helpful for him, honestly, because Orange, I think, is... Poor Orange is always kind of stuck in those he gets the big matches but never wins them kind of thing. Right. Especially title matches. He has yet to win a single title match uh, since he's been with AEW, which is a bit of a shame. And then Dan Housen, it's like, my God, he can't have a match that long, what, that's longer than like five minutes? Even that, a few minutes, and a believable match, not like something on darker elevation, like a meaningful match. He mm-hmm. always loses too, so it kind of it'd be kind of tough to see one of them lose again. But uh, just for the shenanigans alone, I would love to see it. I would too. I think, and I, they're both great wrestlers. You know, yeah. they, they despite the gimmicks and everything like that, they're both fantastic wrestlers. And I wish that Danhausen would get more of a chance to show what he can do in the ring you know it's Mm -hmm. it's this whole big thing you know he's got this whole big gimmick and we're only seeing one side of it you know and the one side of it is really getting over but imagine if you added the other side which is the in-ring stuff that he can do i don't know who's making the call to say hey he should only have five minute matches where he loses yeah but i think it's the wrong call to make yeah, I completely agree. We've said it how many times he's more than capable of wrestling a very good match, and it's just a shame that we're not seeing it because there is so much potential there, and it's just uh, it's annoying that we haven't uh, seen that potential yet. I hope they uh, learn the error of their ways eventually. Well, I do, too. I do, too. All right, so now we're going to go with Candice LeRae coming back to WWE, seemingly as a baby face. What should be her first major feud? Mm-hmm. I wonder, you know what I was thinking the other day when um when when she had that little backstage little interaction with damage control? Uh-huh. I wonder I wonder if they're setting up for war games. Oh, I hope so. Cuz you have all the MVPs of war games right there, most of them. Right. Dakota, EO, Candice, like Oh, that's going to Yeah, cuz that could make sense because uh didn't they say Survivor Series are doing war games? Yeah, they're doing war games for Survivor Series. Uh, I figured it's going to be one male, one female. Yeah. And they said it's not going to be brand-oriented. It's going to be more storyline-oriented. Which is fine with me. Uh, Yes. Yeah, I would love to see that. I would love to see a war games match with them again because their war games match was probably the best one the women had. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Especially with Candice LeRae. Who's, who's like known as someone who's willing to do just about anything. You know, I feel like it, 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 it'll be great. It's just a matter of, okay, who's going to align with damage control? They already have their own three kind of set yeah. in their ways. But that's my thing. I think 
it's kind it's 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 tough because Bailey's already kind of intertwined with Bianca, you know. Yeah. And Io and Dakota are the champions, you know, and they're kind of uh kind of gelled with the other two, Oscar and Alexa Bliss. So I'm yeah. kind of wondering if there's going to be someone else added to Damage Control uh, or something maybe to make that four and four. But I I for some reason when I saw. Candice LeRae had that backstage little interaction. I felt like, oh, they're setting up something maybe for war games. Yeah, I mean, hell, maybe you can bring somebody up from NXT to help uh, damage control or bring somebody back. Yeah. Potentially. Um, yeah, because I could easily see that being a four-on-four war games. You got damage control and somebody going against Candice, Alexa, Asuka, and Bianca, and that's probably... A good candidate for match of the night right there. I would be excited to see that. So I'm hoping we get to see it. Yeah, it'd be neat. I can't I can't wait for Survivor Series. I think it's gonna be they it's gonna be a home run because once they announced war games, it was like, okay, they're doing something different here. Exactly. They're not afraid to shake up the norm because yeah. God knows we've gotten the same Survivor Series over and over and over again. And who would have thought? The most exciting talk about Survivor Series was the one that NXT was a part of. So right. funny, funny how that works. So yeah, I I'll be excited to see what Triple H can do with the this year's format, especially with the War Games. Sure. And speaking of Triple H again, uh, he's bolstered the WWE Women's Division massively since the new regime took over. Are there any other names in NXT or that have been released in the past that we would like to see return? He would personally want to see Tegan Knox come back. Yeah, well, that'd be great. Me too. <laughs> that'd be great. It. Tegan Knox, um, Mia Yim. Yeah, I was gonna say Mia Yim too. Um, I feel like NXT. I'd love to see not Alba Fire. I'd like to see Kaylee Ray. Um, mm-hmm. Who else in NXT? Eh, I mean, especially I think Alba Fire is like the big one for me in NXT. But Mia and Tegan are also my other two picks it would have to be because i don't think they really got their fair shake either so yeah I would definitely go. martinez well even though she's mm. a part of the roh scene yeah know, I think yeah be, i think she would be great just just solid wrestlers there's so many good wrestlers out there women's wrestlers you know this is why mm-hmm. i say like you can't have too many bodies in the women's division no, you can't, and that would be a good problem to have, is if you did, you had too many. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, this one is... This one amused me a little bit. What does WWE see in Raquel Rodriguez? I don't understand the hype or the pushes she's gotten recently. Size, probably. Yeah, I think size, marketability. You know, you think about this month being Hispanic Heritage Month. Yeah, You know, it'd be great to have some diversity on the roster. But again, I think the biggest thing is, is her size, her yeah. size and, and, and not for nothing, but she knows how to use her size very well. She you does. Know, I, she does. Yeah. So I think may, her main thing is that she stands out from all the other women, basically because she towers over them. She's, she's a monster in that division and they can use her as such. She can, but I think the problem is still what we talked about before that the the character is just bland. Right. It's too I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, like somebody like her shouldn't be smile wave, you know, kiss the babies, like like you said, happy to be here. That is not 
what somebody of her size is all about, it should be, you could still be like, I'm not going to say joking, but still can make, I get that you would assume you have to be the tough and posing person like all the time, but you can still give her a little personality. This Mm -hmm. is just nothing. It's just, like I said, bland. And why am I supposed to care about her just because she's big? and strong that's it like that's not how that works you're supposed to give me a reason to actually care other than oh she's strong like for sure that's it so yeah Yeah, i don't really see it either i agree i kind of i kind of see uh why they have her around it's just she's still kind of new to this situation i think i think she's just been pushed a lot harder um than most because of her size and she uses her size well i think um, if they were to maybe switch her heel, we could see more of that other personality that can come through that makes it not so much happy to be here, but more of a monster inside of the ring. Uh, yeah. But only time will tell. Yeah, just think about her time at NXT. Some of her best work was when she was a heel team with Dakota. So, yeah, I completely agree that turn her heel, that usually does something. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. And his... Oh, I know. We got two more. So... Is it just him, or has AEW's TV product seen better recently with the suspensions of Puck and the Elite? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I think I think it was one of those things where they they realized they needed to go back to basics mm-hmm. and kind of hit the reset button because yeah. things were getting too out of control. Uh, and you know, it, it's still kind of it's still kind of weird. Like when are, when are the young bucks gonna come back? When is Kenny Omega going to come back? Because when they do, it's going to be a big deal. Yeah. You know, you know, it's going to be a big deal. And, and they're massive talent and they deserve to be showcased. Um, obviously, I don't know what that means for CM Punk. If he is indeed done with AEW, that's kind of crazy to yeah. think about. It's kind of crazy what it took what, a year and a half. And he said, I'm out of here. This is not for me. Yeah, honestly, it's been it's been crazy. And then another thing too with uh, the elite is, do you just hand the trios titles right back to them, or do you let oh, Death no. Triangle keep them? I wouldn't. That's like that's pretty much like the whole Sasha and Naomi thing. I would not have given those titles if they would have come back during the tournament. I would not have given them that title, those titles right away because that's such a terrible standard mm-hmm. and horrible backstage morale too. So yeah, I. It's going to be a big deal, but I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of are taught a lesson in the ring, too, where, okay, well, you're not going to just automatically keep winning all these matches now. You're going to probably lose quite a few because, I don't know, it's punishment or something. I'm not entirely sure how it works, but, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a big deal when they come back, but definitely not uh, hurry up and give them the titles back. They're going to definitely have to work for it, and uh, rightfully so. You can't regardless of who started it you can't be having real life fist fights in the back and expect to get away with it and and biting people yeah it doesn't matter if you're an evp or not you can't do that you can't you can't bite someone no not at all that's just crazy no that's a that's assault actually yes so very uh, much so no uh and finally he just wanted us to wish uh hazuki and stardom a very happy birthday today so happy birthday Happy birthday. So that, I believe, is all of Jeff's questions. So, Jeff, thank you for all of your questions, as always. Thank Um, you, Jeff. Just get out of my account here for a minute and go to the new account. All right. So we got got questions. We got mailboxes everywhere. 
I feel like one of those like sports agents that has like the computer up and the phone up and everything. So we got we got questions <laughs> everywhere. Um, all right, so let's go back to last week. Um, we're just gonna go in order. So we're gonna start with mom's questions. So mom, thank you for your questions last week. Um, starting off with another great one, like we had talked about um, already. Why Jericho again? Enough already. <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah, uh, we it's, know. It's just too much. I don't under. I I don't understand it. I don't get it. Nope. AEW is a new company. A lot of young talent. You should be building up the talent. You know that mm-hmm. everybody wants to see, not hogging the spotlight from them. I don't get it. They're not. Jericho's not using. It. I don't know if it's just his ego, but he's mm-hmm. just. Ah, it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. frustrating because legitimately, it's like, who wants to see this? Who is saying this is what we want to see? Well, apparently, some people, I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm sure not one of them. That's for sure. I uh, I hate it. Um, back like when they first started, and it was him or Hangman. It made sense back then. Right. Needed yeah, the totally established face. You're established enough now that i don't think you really need this so i'm not entirely sure what we're doing so yeah i completely agree i don't get it i don't like it um god knows uh any day he has that title is a day too long for me so it yeah he can't lose it fast enough um uh speaking of cm punk earlier do we think AEW is gonna buy out his contract and kick him to the curb or will time heal all wounds who i don't know if he can come back from that yeah, I don't know, man. And I'm speaking to you as someone who most of my wrestling merch is like CM Punk. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a big CM Punk guy. Yeah. But even I'm like, do I really want to go through that trouble of having a guy that has to have his way or else he's going to hold my program up hostage? You yeah. Know? Yeah. That. And you also have to kind of think not even just your product, your backstage. Yeah. We saw how it, like clearly stressed out and tense and everything was backstage when he was there. And it's been apparently seemingly fine since he's been gone. So do you really want to ruin that just for, I don't know, maybe some ratings and some extra money? Yeah. I mean, but he, the, in, in that point, he has made them a lot of money in that's in the time that he's been there. He's yeah. been a big draw. So money does, you know, my mom used to say it all the time uh money money talks and bs walks yeah yeah it's uh it's a very delicate rope that they're gonna have to if they even bring him consider bringing him back yeah you might make the money but if three quarters of your locker room is not going to be too thrilled yeah is it really going to be worth the trouble and i and i don't mind punk either i just think the problem now is just Okay, you can say he's going to be on his best behavior, but then if something else happens or he's just in a mood one day and he just goes off again for no reason, because keep in mind, when he was going off on Cole Cabana, no one asked him. Nobody asked him. No, no, no. It was so unprovoked. Yeah, so what's going to stop him from doing that again? What's going to stop him from doing that on live television next time, not on a pay per view like Media Scrum? So I think it's a very. it's a very dangerous thing to have him still there. So if it were me personally, I would kind of go for uh, 
the locker room morale because i feel like that kind of because the locker room morale turns into a better product a better product turns into more money so in the end you can make up the money maybe not as quickly but over time as you would have if you had kept punks so if i were tony khan i think i would probably uh just cut ties and save us the headaches because i feel like yeah you can bring him back and he might be fine for a little bit but you're gonna have to be in the back of your mind going okay when's the next uh when's the next shoe gonna drop so yeah, yeah and it's, it's kind of it's kind of it puts tony in a tough position because if he brings him back it's not a bad idea to bring him back but yeah. then uh you know, the narrative is going to be, oh, well, Tony just folded. Whereas yeah. it, it could be Tony says, come back, but we can't have another situation like we had last time. You know, yeah. we, th- this is this can't be a lawless place. This has to yeah. have some structure or else the ship is going to go down. And th- now Punk can be an anchor for that structure to stay yeah. afloat, you know, unless he decides, like you said, if he has a bad day and he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You know, and just decides, well, I don't want to do things. I don't want to play by the book anymore. Yeah. You know, I want to do my own thing. Uh-huh. It, it's just, it, like you said, is it worth it? it? It It's worth it, but even if he doesn't do it, if he cuts all ties with Punk, then it, it, that's fine as well. You know, it's like, to me personally, it's not like it's a no, it, it's, it's more of a no lose situation, not no win situation. I think it's a no lose. You bring him yeah. back. He's, it's going to be the talk of the town. You don't bring him back. Everything is fine because as you can see, the, the machine keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think also too, you have to take into account how are the fans going to react if they bring him back? They might not like it too much. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it, it's funny. In hindsight, you look, you listen to all the promos that everybody cut, and all of them mm-hmm. were centered around the fact that Punk left. Yeah, Punk left, and he let people down. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Eddie Kingston said it. Hangman Page said it. Who, uh, who else uh, said it? They, it, it was th- that. Pretty was much the- everybody. MJF. MJF. Even that was the, that was the whole central subject of their promo work. Was you left us when? We all believed in you. Yeah. You let us down. You took your ball and you went home. You know, and essentially mm-hmm. he did that again. Yeah. Of his own doing again. So, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a mess. I uh, don't envy Tony in the slightest. Um, no. No. Not at all. Uh, all right. That bump Julia Hart took was nasty. But Ooh, why God. Why does the House of Black keep losing? That's a great question. Um <laughs> That bump. Oh, that bump, yeah. I I just remember, all I remember was the audible noise that my brother made from the other room. And Mm -hmm. he's like, you have to rewind this and see what just happened. Yeah. Oh, my. This is why I say this is, this is why I feel I'm justified in being nervous about Soraya being there with her compromised neck. Yeah. I feel like they would be smart enough not to put her in that kind of position, you wouldn't think? I hope not. I hope not. Um. I mean, but also props to Julia Hart for taking that in the first place because she could have easily been like, no. And I think that was probably the most memorable part of the match, honestly, um, up into up to that point. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't remember anything. Else. I mean, the great Muda, obviously, yes. that was awesome because he's the great yeah. Muda. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if you ask me anything besides that, that, that table bump is all I can remember. 
Yeah, it was. It's sad though that when the Great Muda came out, I'm like, I turned to mom and went, "They're they're losing, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're <laughs> gonna lose again." And they did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the bump was uh nasty. Uh, but again, props to Julia for doing it. Um, for why sure. does the House of Black keep losing? I don't know, and I'm kind of over it. I am really yeah. over it. Well, they can't lose anymore because there's only one of them left. And I feel like they have to capitalize on the fact that now the spotlight only shines on Brody King. Yeah. They can, this pairing of Brody King and Julia Hart can be something really, really good. Exactly. It's just, they just have to let them do it. And God, I hope they do because if not, I'm going to be very upset more than I already am. Cause God, they have not booked house of black. Well at all. No, <laughs> they they really haven't. And it makes me uh, sad. Uh, when Sami Zayn got the new T-shirt on SmackDown, he was like a kid at Christmas, which yes. I thought that was that was a, it, they got me, they got me for a minute. I'm like, <laughs> they're, they're finally doing it, they're finally kicking him to the curb, and then oh no, you just need a new shirt. I'm like, okay, that's that was nice, you got me. But um, do we see him turning on the bloodline not the other way around? It's gonna happen. It's just gonna take a very long time. I feel I like think, I think Sami's gonna be the guy. You think he's gonna beat Roman? I don't. Th- I don't know if he'll beat Roman, but man, is this gonna make him like? Because see, one thing people don't realize about Sami Zayn because they haven't seen it in such a long time. Mm-hmm. If there's ever an underdog in a situation, oh yeah, you can play the underdog, Sammy. Sammy Zayn. Mm-hmm. And you can play play the good guy underdog to get people on his side. Mm-hmm. It's Sami Zayn. It doesn't matter how big. The person is how strong they are, you know. Sami Zayn is gonna tug at your heartstrings and make you want to root for him. You're gonna be like, "There's no way he could beat the Tribal Chief," but you're like, "Damn, he's really gonna give him a go." I think it's gonna happen, but it's gonna take a very long time. We're gonna before we get there, and a good thing because I, I for me, I feel like this is such a good storyline with different seeds that are gonna be planted and different yeah. chest moves that you can make. To kind of play with the with the crowd a little bit, like they played with the crowd perfectly. This is probably probably my segment of the year. Oh yeah, honestly, because again, it got me. I'm like, yeah. oh shit, here it comes, and then they're like, nope, nope, just kidding, gotcha, and like, yeah, you you jerks, you got me. Um, mm-hmm. I I think he's not turning on the bloodline. The bloodline's turning on him. That's just Ooh. a matter of fact, like. It just makes sense for the underdog story. Like, yeah, yeah. They are like, okay, yeah, we've used you enough. We don't really need you anymore. You're expendable to us now and disposable. And then that's how you get people to turn to Sammy's side. So I, Mm -hmm. yeah, I would definitely see Roman and them dumping him and him not like turning on them, quote unquote. Because then that just the story just writes itself. And then you said you get an underdog story, it would be Sammy. I'm telling you, man, people don't, it, unless you remember like the old NXT days, yeah. or maybe the, the El Generico days of ROH and yep. all the El Generico stuff he was doing, That that's the only way people realize, man, Sami Zayn, this is this is going to put him in in world-class territory. Oh, my, yeah. My, my brother said it, Sami Zayn deserves an Oscar for what he's doing right now. Oh, yeah, honestly. He's that, doing some of the best work right now for WWE. And it's entertaining. Like, it, it goes, it, and when you mix that entertaining part with that underdog wrestling style, mm-hmm. it's going to blow people away, man. Exactly. I I do agree with you, though. I don't want them to rush it. I want them to take their time with it because no. eventually people are going to 
kind of like with the whole white rabbit thing. They're going to keep talking about it going, oh, okay, is this going to be the, is this going to be the show that they finally turn on him? Is this going to be like the, pay, the match that finally is like the tipping point or something? Yeah. Keep people guessing, which uh, that's kind of the point. Make sure you want to tune in every week because is this week going to finally be the week that they turn on him or whatever. So yeah, I definitely want them to take their time with it. I feel like they will because it's Triple H. He's not going to rush something that doesn't need to be rushed. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes because it has a potential to be one of the best feuds WWE's had in a while. I think so. I think so. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I it's, yeah. it's It's fun right now. You know, yeah. that's why we that's why we say don't rush it because we're having fun watching it now. Uh the the t-shirt thing was just so good. It was just so right. good. It got everybody, it fooled everyone. It and... fooled everybody, but the way it was done, you know, it wasn't like, oh, they got me sons of bitches. When when yeah. I, for me personally, it was like when he got his shirt and he was so happy with his shirt, I was like that's really nice. Right? Like, good for, like, good for Sammy. Yeah. You know, like, the bloodline, they're, they're a bunch of jerks, and we're supposed to boo them and not like them. But that was a really nice gesture. Right? That was that was very nice of Roman and them to do that. So, yeah. How can, yeah. How can you hate them? <laughs> it was great. Um, obviously, Mom was going to talk about this. Uh, Soraya's return was epic, which I agree. Um, mm-hmm. Who is her first opponent? Why should it be DMD? I mean, it has to be. It just has to be. It has to be bred. Yeah, I think because you're gonna have two alpha females. Yes. I think I think a lot of AEW is a, a lot of alpha female. You got DMD. You mm-hmm. got Jade Cargill. You know, you got a lot Jamie. of alpha, Jamie Hader. You know, you got a lot of alpha females that want to be the, the top dog. Mm-hmm. You know, and if she can get back into ring into ring capacity where she's wrestling again. She, she's she's obviously she's earned the right to call her herself a top dog oh yeah even though she she hasn't done anything for aw yet but when she brings that much star power Mm -hmm. you know you just gotta gotta let her go like i said the main thing is can't she be safe that neck man that neck and you know i hate to harp on it but it feels like aw man I've seen a compilation of, of, of some mistakes and I hate mm-hmm. watching those things, yeah. but they just pop up on my feed and that, that type of stuff makes me nervous for people like Soraya. Yeah. I, like, I would hope that they would take that into consideration because I mean, come on, you'd be very stupid not to. Um, I will say too, when it comes to the whole DMD thing as well, they got me with the whole Jamie thing. Cause we were, I think everybody was expecting, a feud between her and Jamie Hayter, and then they completely just flip that on its head, and they're, oh, no, they're friends again. I'm like, ah, damn it, you guys got me. So mm-hmm. that was clever of them to kind of throw her uh, back together with her. I'm not so sure. I don't know if it's going to be the best idea, because I think a lot of people wanted to see Jamie versus Britt, but clearly, in hindsight, if we knew that Soraya was coming back, it makes sense now. Um, which I'll be the first to admit, I had no idea she was coming. I didn't see anything on Twitter. I mean, granted, I wasn't actively looking either, but I saw no rumors anywhere that said Saray was going to show up until she did, and it's like... No, kudos holy to shit. Being, you know, for keeping a good secret. Yeah, because I was a pretty big secret. Again, she is one of the most prolific women's wrestlers in the last, oh, I don't know, decade? Even longer than that, so yeah, this is a... Like I said, I can't keep going because we'll talk about it all the time. But uh, 
but yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for this, and I cannot wait to see uh, what she does in AEW because the possibilities are endless, even outside of Brit. A lot of dream matches that I can't wait to see, and hopefully we get to see them. Yeah, for sure. I like I said, I, I hope everything works out where she can get back in the ring. You know, for me, uh, I, we talked about this when we talked about Paige uh, when um, a couple episodes back. But for me, it was just like, like you said, when she came about, she kind of changed the game and changed the perception of what women's wrestling is supposed to be. You know, not just a pretty blonde, athletic, you know, good looking uh, woman, just, you know, but she changed the game and said, you know, to hell with that. Yeah. I'm going to come in with my own look, my own way and, and just take it by storm. And she really did. And you know she was really poised to do something big in wwe but certain things happen but hopefully now she could do that with AEW. and like just like you i'm going to be rooting for her yeah and i saw she has a new shirt already so i'll be adding that to my list um making money already yeah i wouldn't be surprised if it's one of the top sellers right now on the shop and i mean for for good reason yeah. Uh, all right, so I think those are all of Mom's questions. Now we're going to move on to uh, Jack's. So, Jack, thank you for your questions last week. Thank you, Jack. Um, all right, kind of about the White Rabbit again. What do we think about the hype? Uh, should WWE do more of this type of marketing, or can only someone like Bray Wyatt pull this off? Um, maybe not the style, but I feel like they can create the intrigue depending on the character, just in mm-hmm. different ways. Right. Because you got to be creative with it. You can't just... Because I think the problem is sometimes with uh, Vince's, like, vignettes and, like, teasers or whatever, it was way too obvious. Like, you could telegraph it a mile away who it could have been. This time around, like I said, it's not a guarantee it's Bray Wyatt. There's a really good chance it is, but Triple H has done a good job of being so sneaky and so, like, methodical that you're like, wait a minute... I'm pretty sure it's Bray, but I'm not entirely sure because it could be this person, but it could also be this person. I like that. I like to keep guessing until the final product finally shows up. So, yeah, I uh, I'm into it. I think it's interesting with a different kind of creative direction. You can pretty much do this with any returning person. Just make it a big deal. Um, you just have to put some thought into it. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> just just some just a little dash of creativity can go a long long way exactly it's <laughs> mind-blowing what that can do um who should alexa bliss team up with wyatt again if he does come back uh jack says no thanks really i wonder if he's saying no thanks because he didn't like it um i'm trying to remember if he did or not i feel like maybe because it'd be way too obvious i feel mm. like you can still make little, like, you can still allude to it a little bit, or maybe just not have them team up right away. Um, right. I feel like the closest thing they did was, wasn't, uh, when Alexa was wrestling on Raw a few weeks ago, didn't the lights go out or something? I think did that, they? I think they might have, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I thought I saw that on Twitter somewhere, but, uh, so there, if that's the case, they might be alluding to, um, him coming back for Alexa or whatnot. Um, yeah, I I would like to see Wyatt like on his own first just to see what happens and then maybe go back to the whole Alexa thing because then you jump it right out of the gate. There's no like payoff. As soon if he comes back and he doesn't do anything with Alexa right away, fans of the Fiend and Alexa can be like, Okay, wait a minute, you mean to tell me they haven't like 
gotten back together yet or teamed up what's going on and there's that intrigue again where is this going to be the week they're finally like reunited is this going to be like the show that's the match whatever so again you got to be patient with these kind of things so yeah I wouldn't be opposed to seeing them back together. I just, again, wouldn't want to see it right away. I want to see mm-hmm. them like ease a little bit. Um, Cause I think they could do some uh, different stuff now. Again, now the triple H is in charge. I think there's like a whole other realm of possibilities that the fiend and Alexa bliss could do. Yeah. I feel like with, with triple H in charge, he's more receptive to different creative ideas. You know? Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it's, it's he, he's not thinking like it's an audience of one. He's thinking. Yes. He's thinking of the audience altogether. All exactly. of us. Exactly. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought that's what you're supposed to do with a nationally or you know global wrestling company? Who would have thought? And he's and he's not doing anything outrageous. You know, he's no. just. You know, Raw has good wrestling matches. SmackDown has good wrestling matches. You know, yeah. we're getting simple storylines and none of the the goofiness and none of the stuff that makes us go huh you know and you know he's got a little bit of nostalgia in there we're gonna see dx in a couple weeks yeah you know he's doing everything for all types of wrestling fans so you know this this whatever this white rabbit thing i feel like it's gonna be his first little his first little thing, you know, yeah. like, you, you know, he, he's, he's brought back all these people with like damage control and all that. Everything's working out well, but white rabbit stuff is his first little creative little nuance Yes, that, he, that he's bringing back, you know, to, to, to the WWE in the sense of creative ideas to make mm-hmm. people go, well, that's interesting. Maybe I should tune in a little bit more. This remember this white rabbit stuff hasn't even really made it to the main rock, like main, tv it's no. all been on live tv it's all been on live tv during commercial breaks mm-hmm. or or at live events they do it now which is, i think is very interesting that they do it at live events it gives yeah. a little intrigue to say hey maybe i should attend one of these live events because something might happen yeah you know, it's smart stuff it's just smart stuff it's that organic kind of intrigue too where naturally people are going to video it and put it on social media and then people mm-hmm. who see it are gonna keep going and it just snowballs and that's kind of like what we've said before the triple h is really good at creating that organic intrigue not we're gonna force you to be intrigued by this and then at that point there's no intrigue because we're beating you over the head with hints and whatever he knows how to work people and do it well so yeah i want to see what happens with this because i've naturally been intrigued by it not oh, well, I guess I have to pay attention to it because they're making it blatantly obvious it's important. Right, right. Yep. Uh, Nail on the head. Yeah, so I I can't wait to see what happens. Will we see it at Extreme Rules? As soon as Extreme Rules? Maybe. I don't... I wouldn't think. I think we're going to drag it out a little longer, but then again, I don't know. I'm not uh, not in the office, so I couldn't say. (laughs) Um, God... Would you rather have cult leader Joe Gacy or Snowflake Joe Gacy? An impossible Oof. choice. Um, yeah. <laughs> Can I say neither? Yeah, I was. I'm not really feeling this Joe Gacy stuff, man. No, I'm not either. It's not, really, it's not interesting to me, and it kind of makes me sad that that the grizzled young veterans were kind of like a uh, innocent bystander in all of yep. this, where they had to change their names and change their look and contacts. And, yeah, and, and the context, the weird context. Yeah, it's I. 
it didn't save it. The <laughs> cold leader Joe Gacy going from the snowflake didn't change it at all. It just uh, did did not intrigue me at all. It still doesn't. Um, I still don't care. So yeah, I vote neither. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not feeling it. No, it's uh, it's not good. Um, okay, so this is a rather interesting one. Can AEW stop burying their refs? I know they don't want to do DQs, but it's ridiculous that at this point and hurts their credibility, which I feel definitely alludes to the Eddie Kingston Sammy Guevara match where Paul Turner just got pissy because Eddie didn't want to listen to him. And he's like, you know what? No, Sammy won this one, even though he clearly didn't. Um, <laughs> I didn't like that. I thought that was really stupid. I, I've, I've seen it done before. Where you know they the person uh, just doesn't want to relinquish the hold and the referee. I've seen the referee do that before, not in AEW, obviously. Yeah, this is the first time they did that. Um, I like the idea that they're trying to make the refs more accountable and trying to make them make sure that the rules are here too. I just wish it wouldn't. It wasn't at expense of Eddie Kingston losing a match to Sammy Guevara again. Again. Well, and. The problem is, too, is that, okay, well, if you want to do this, you better be consistent instead yeah, of, yeah, you're going to do this. And then literally today on Dynamite, you're going to make them look like complete idiots again, because that mm -hmm. seems to be the MO is. I get that you have to make the refs look a little aloof and, you know, like, oh, you, how did you miss that that happened or whatever. But they really almost go out of their way to make the refs look stupid. And that's not what the point of this is supposed to be. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, uh. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it, honestly. They need to be a little more consistent of it and pick a lane. Either you're going to make the refs look at least somewhat competent or you're going to continue to make them look like idiots. Yeah, I, I, I see what your point is. Um, I, I don't. I, I just don't know which way they're going with it. Like like, like they said on commentary. I think I, I, I just I never heard something like that before. Like, oh, we recognize that we have to tighten up the rules and so yeah. that would that's the reason that happened. Well, but uh, it's just don't put yourself in that position in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Just just go about it. You know, you don't have to make it at it at the expense of somebody losing a match that they shouldn't have lost. Yeah, because now even you didn't have to, like you said, announce it on a national broadcast because then you just put the refs under an even bigger microscope and they're mm -hmm. like, oh, well, yeah, why? Why are they talking about? And then they look and it's like, oh, they really are that bad. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that I'm going to be focusing on. Yeah, which is not what you want. You want them to right. focus on the wrestling, not, you know, how bad the refs are. So, yeah, I definitely was not a fan of the whole thing. Yeah, Especially the fact that Eddie lost again for the 5,000th time. <laughs> um... See, we get a lot of Soraya questions, which, you know, of course, I'm perfectly okay with. Does Soraya help push the AEW women's division over the top finally? I think so. If she can wrestle and can still wrestle as good as she did back in her prime, I think she absolutely could push that division finally over the edge. Just as long as, a little asterisk, they can book it properly. Because that is still a bit of an issue. Because we're still featuring the same, like, five women um, all the time. And kind of forget that there's the rest of the division you have to look after. So she could, but she'll need some help along the way. Right. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we've, we said, I've said it before, just want her to be safe. But yeah, she definitely is 
one of those people like you know if she can get back in the ring and she can do her thing in the ring she definitely bolsters any uh division she's a part of so AEW definitely got a w in that situation i completely agree also i'm biased but <laughs> whatever uh how dare you be biased on your own podcast <laughs> how dare how dare i talk about how much i like a wrestler for years yeah. and years and years um which wrestler has the best twitter game right now jack has to give it to nyla rose and i completely agree on that one I don't know, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of stokely hathaway's twitter yeah, Stokely's is good. Stokely's, Stokely's is, good. is good. He just doesn't he he figures out a way to to be not PG and PG at the same time. You're just like, oh yeah. Stoke. Yeah, and Nyla's is just just so over the top and wacky and funny that right. you can't help but laugh at it. Um so yeah, Stokely's is good, but I definitely gotta give it to Nyla. Nyla's got the best Twitter game, I think. It's just because it's just so random and funny that hmm. I just see her tweets come across my timeline and it's just one of those where I'm like, I don't know what you were thinking when you tweeted that, but you know what? I'm laughing for a solid five minutes. So mission accomplished, I guess it's just so all over the place. And I don't know, I guess that chaos is just funny to me. So yeah, I definitely got to say Nyla. I got to give, I got to agree with Jack. Um, all right. So we got a question and a comment. So his last question was did AEW make a mistake by not pulling the trigger on the Jamie Hader Britt Baker feud? I, I want to say yes because I want to see it. Yeah, but I, I'm not mad that they didn't do it for some reason. But mm-hmm. if they would have did it, I would have been like, okay, that's cool with me. I'm 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 down to see Jamie Hader versus DMD. Um, but not mad that they didn't do it. But event, I think they know they got something there. Yeah. I think they might delay the inevitable. Right. I feel like maybe they faked us out by faking us out. And this feud with Soraya might be the catalyst that finally splits them up. Ooh. Because Soraya is just like, I don't know, like running over them and Brit's getting mad. And, oh, well, I'll just send Jamie on you. And she ends up beating Jamie and Brit gets mad or Jamie gets tired of being, you know, the lackey. Um so yeah, I can definitely see this feud being the uh, the reason for Britt and Jamie eventually feuding. Um, yeah, I feel like again, if we knew Soraya was coming back, this would have completely like been a different like conversation because we've been mm-hmm. like, okay, well that makes sense because you definitely want to have Soraya over that feud. But now I think that it's going to just delay the inevitable for now. I think they're going to eventually get to a Britt and Jamie feud, but for now we got to focus on uh, Britt and Soraya. Yeah, I think so, too. I think uh, changes the game is what they would say. Exactly. I completely agree. Um, And his last comment was he was actually at Grand Slam, and he said it was awesome. The crowd was not as hot as last year for Omega versus Danielson, but overall the experience was much nicer. Um, Arthur Ashe did a better job with crowd control this year. The one bad thing he had was that it ended at 12.45 in the morning, he had to leave before Starks versus Hobbs. Ouch. Mm. Ouch. 12.45. Yeah, that's a... Uh... That, the old man in me just went, oh, oh. <laughs> you just had, like, heart palpitations there. Yeah, for and you're like, oh. My bedtime. My poor bedtime. <laughs> that on a weekend for me is nothing, but during the week, I'm like, eh, yeah, that's, uh, 
Yeah, but you're young. You're resilient. You can bounce back. Uh, wait, mean... wait, 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 wait. Sl- I got a whole decade on you. <laughs> <laughs> you young whipper snapper, you, you just wait yeah. until you get my age. Wait, wait till you get to my age. That that you're not gonna be able to bounce back as easily as you thought you would. Nats uh, are gonna be your best friend. Honestly, and the thing is, I really don't do well with naps, even now. Um, I just I feel like when I take naps, I can't sleep at night. Mm-hmm. That's always just been my thing. But uh, yeah, I can imagine that being very, very, very uh, late. Very late. Um, but you know what? I'm glad he had a great time. I even said on Twitter, I was insanely jealous that he got to see Soraya debut in person. Yeah. Um, so I was very mad about that. But I'm glad that he uh, I'm glad that he had a good time. It seemed like the crowd was, like he said, definitely not as uh, hyped as they were last year. But it still seemed like a pretty good crowd. Yeah, and, and oh, we can't forget to mention what about uh, the acclaim? Yeah, the tag team titles. Uh, that must have been a huge moment, you know, especially for Anthony Bowens being a Long Island resident. Yeah, uh, and things like that. And you know, they they really had a great match against the Swer- against Swerve in Our Glory that yep. warranted a second rematch. So good on those guys for winning the AEW tag team titles. I hope they have a long reign. I hope so. I feel like they will. Um, I mean, God knows they're going to have plenty of good matchups coming up. I mean, hell, just imagine the acclaimed an FTR at some point. And it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, that's going to be a really fun one Um, for sure. So, yeah, it was definitely a good show. A lot of good matches. Uh, a lot of good debuts, obviously. Um, So, yeah, I'm definitely jealous that he got to go. But mm-hmm. uh, not jealous of having to uh have it be over at almost 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's the risk you take, I guess, when you have Dynamite and Rampage on at the same uh, same day. So, th- so they must have did Rampage after Dynamite, which yeah, makes sense. Yeah, that's what they did when um, AEW was in Pittsburgh the last time. Because the first time, well, not the first time, the second time they came in last year, they did uh, Dynamite on Wednesday and Rampage on Friday, that first uh, ever Rampage. But this time around, yeah, they, uh, they taped both of them in one night. So it was... Uh, a little late, just a little late, but just a little late. Yeah, you get used to it after a while, but <laughs> unless you're lucky, you're the lucky like city that gets a combo, and then you get two tickets for Wednesday and Friday. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen very often. But when it does, it's I think a lot easier for people's sleep schedules. That's for sure. <laughs> oh man, I'm tired just thinking about it. <laughs> I bet, I bet you are. Um, so I think that was all the questions from last week. And then we got Jeff's questions from this week. And I think the only other questions we got today was uh, they were from Mike. So we have to thank Mike. And we also have to thank Mike for uh, repping us on Raw last week. We, uh, or, or, yeah. Was it Raw or was it SmackDown? I think it was. Was it Raw or SmackDown? Yeah. No, it was Raw. It was Raw. Yeah. Yeah, I got the got the sign for us and everything. We appreciate it. I'm going to have to go back and see if I can see it on TV. I feel like I should be I able caught, to. Yeah, I caught it a couple of times. Yeah. I caught it a couple of times and, you know, Mike's always been a supporter, you know, from my early days of podcasting and he's a big supporter of the Ringside Rundown. Yes. You know, he's always taking care of us and retweeting us and spreading the word and things like that. Mike's just a great guy. So thank you, Mike, for everything that you do. Yes, we we always appreciate the support, Mike. And we knew that sign. We're like, hey, I know that account. <laughs> I know that account. I know that. That's us. Um. 
So he also has some questions. Uh, he said he was trying to catch up on all the uh, wrestling he missed in our episodes. So we appreciate yeah, that. He, he went on. He went on a trip. Yeah. So like he went. He went to like Spain and all these other places for a little for uh, uh, his wife's birthday, I believe. So he's wow. been gone. Why he's been having to play catch up on the episodes, but he's back in his native homeland of Canada. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure he's going to check out this episode. So hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. So yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it as usual. Um, his question for uh, today was, uh, we also apologized if it was asked and answered already, which it was not. If John Moxley wanted six weeks off, why put the belt on him at all? If he's just going to lose it to MJF and then get his time off, or was it that they didn't want uh, Danielson to be a transitional champion? I think that had something to do with it. Yeah, that that obviously would have something to do with it because they would want to give him a long, meaningful reign. Um, and I got to attribute uh, Moxley's promo to probably maybe swaying the direction into his favor because he cut that promo where he yeah. called himself the ace of AEW. And it was a believable promo. It's like oh, what yeah. you what you always said, passion and promo sells, you know? Yeah. So, and it was definitely a passionate promo. It was well, well said. It was well spoken. And you believed it. You're like, damn, he really is the ace of AEW because he's carried the company during the pandemic uh, mm -hmm. era, you know, and then when there was uh, injuries and there had to be an interim champion, he stepped up and he was the interim champion and he made it a point to win back the title and he did that. So um, he's just the ultimate company guy, you know, because yeah. he, probably, he probably could really have used that vacation. Him and his family could probably have used that vacation very much deserving. Mm -hmm. um, but he decided, you know what? This is what the company needs. The company needs me, and I'm going to put the company on my back. So kudos to him. Um, hopefully he's not a transitional champion, and hopefully he could squeeze in uh, you know, a little vacation for him, give him a couple weeks off. Because you know, as nice as it is to see the champion, we really don't need to see the champion all the time. No, you know, no, you don't leave some leave some intrigue. Now, I'm not saying go Brock Lesnar and just not yeah, show just, up for like four months. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying three weeks. You know, I can mm -hmm. go three weeks without seeing the title because there's so much in AEW that I want to see that they can kind of use it the way WWE is using the Intercontinental and U.S. Championships. Those are being in the forefront more so than Roman Reigns right now. Yeah, because well, I think because by default they needed to because. WWE had spent so much time pushing like Roman and the main titles that the secondary titles were pretty much irrelevant for mm -hmm. quite a while. So yeah, um, I feel like too, it's almost just a matter of time for MJF wins the title. So I think like Mike said, it was almost the lesser of two evils of who could afford to lose the title to MJF and not have it hurt them. And I feel like it would have had to have been Moxley and they'd already hinted at Moxley and, uh, MJF feuding anyway, so him winning didn't surprise me a lot. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that had something to do with it too. Because you just know at some point MJF's gonna win that title. And it's gotta be off Moxley, obviously, at this point. Um if it would have been Danielson, that would have been that wouldn't have been good. No. I don't think. So yeah. I think it kind of played into everything Mike was saying. I think it was you just didn't you didn't want Danielson to be a transitional champion and you just uh, you just kind of knew that MJF's going to beat Moxley, so it was just like, yeah, it's kind of an inevitability at this point, so you might as well just give Mox the title and 
go from there. So it's just a matter of, like you said, hopefully he gets a decent title reign with it, but it's a matter of how, are they going to get trigger happy and throw the belt on MJF sooner than they should, which I kind of hope not. Um, Yeah. I, I could see they were trying to get people to hate him, you know, shoving Giovanni down and, you know, yeah, that was a scumbag move. Yeah. You don't touch Tony. I will say though, Tony's uh, off limits. Yeah, Tony is definitely off limits, so that's a no for me. But also, mm-hmm. I, as a Pittsburgh, a Pittsburgher, Pittsburgh sports fan in general, I was going to find it very hard because I think they're in Philadelphia tonight, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if MJF says anything and insults the Philly fans, I'm not going to be able to argue with it this time because <laughs> by default, I just agree with anybody uh, talking trash on Philly but just because, so... This will be the one time he gets a pass of trashing the city's fans. Um, but yeah, I I just don't want them to be like, oh, well, he's really popular right now. So we absolutely just have to throw the title on him like now. It's mm-hmm. no, let it breathe a little bit. But I don't know. Sometimes Tony Khan can get a little trigger happy. So I'm slightly worried that Mox isn't going to be holding that title for long. Yeah, that's the one thing you don't want. You don't want to play hot potato with the title. You know, because no. then it loses its prestige. Yeah, especially with all the stuff going on recently. You kind of want yeah, a little bit of stability. Yep, I was just going to say that. You're right. You hit the money on the head right there. <sighs> yeah, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting the next few weeks, especially leading up to, I believe, Full Gear's next. I think. Mm. Yeah, I think Full, yeah, full Gear's in... I wanted November. to think it's... Yeah, I think, yeah, so... Where you, we might be getting our answer sooner rather than later, but and, it, and it's a, and it's a two night show, correct? I yeah, let's take a look. Let's see. We'll do do our usual research live on air. Um, well, I think they said for sure it was on November nineteenth, so in New Jersey, of course, because yeah, whatever. <laughs> um. It was also announced that the November 18th episode of Rampage would air live from the same venue. So it's pretty much just they get a Rampage on the show. So not not a two night, but still it's kind of those like double shows that the that the arena gets. So that is what it is there. But um, yeah, so you've got about two months for the next pay-per-view. So we'll see what happens when they, uh, Especially with MJF and Moxley, because you know we're going to be getting some promos, and we're going to get some uh, very personal promos. We know how MJF is, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good time. I I agree. I'm looking forward to it. Um, just looking through just to make sure I didn't miss anything. I do believe actually that is all of the uh, questions we have. All of them. Yeah, oh no. Well, uh, funny enough, I love when I check on Twitter real quick. Um, <laughs> so as I predicted, because my mom had texted me earlier and asked if she thought, or if I thought Britt was wrestling tonight, I said no, but she'll most likely interrupt Soraya, and uh, oh boy, she did. Cause, uh, oh. Because I just saw a tweet from Sean Ross Sapp um, that quoted something that Britt said to Soraya on this episode of Dynamite, and I can't wait to watch this. Um, I put my blood, sweat, and tears into this company. I even put my neck on the line for AEW. Unlike yours, mine is actually strong enough to handle it. And that's the Brit we know and love right there. Um, Oh, boy. Uh, Yeah, I can't wait. Even when she's not in the ring, her neck catches straight bullets. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Like, that's... uh, 
that's a Brit promo line if I've ever heard one. So I'm inter- I'm interested to go back and watch this now. I'm lucky I uh I mean I could have DVR'd it, but I also re- I recorded it, so we'll or I honestly my TV I can on demand it too, but for some reason they don't post the episode until like two days after. So mm-hmm. I recorded it, so I'll be able to go back and watch it. Maybe not tonight because bedtime kind of is a thing, but tomorrow I will definitely. Oh, now it. bedtime makes a difference. <laughs> it depends, honestly. <laughs> um, well, I say that, and then I most likely will be up for another few hours because yeah, I I don't know what under. Or over seven hours of sleep is, I guess. But um, maybe I'll go back and watch. Maybe just that part. I want to maybe at least see that by itself. And then I'll watch the rest of it tomorrow. But that line that line right there has got me very intrigued. Because I want to see what else happened. I didn't know what else happened in that. Yeah, that's one thing about Britt Baker, man. Is she can she can sell a feud really yeah. easily. Oh, yes. she She's a good talker. And... Uh, Ow, that line. Damn, that one hurt. That one went, that one was uh you kind of expected it to go there, but goddamn, she went there and she went there quickly. So uh excited to see how the uh the crowd took it and how Soraya took it, because I'm sure she did not take that lightly. Can't wait. I definitely cannot wait. So um, unless I see something else as I'm scrolling on Twitter right now, I think we got through all the questions, I believe. Awesome, awesome. Well, this was, I had fun doing this episode. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, it was a lot of fun answering all those questions, and it made things a lot easier. We could talk about different things that were going on, you know, and and our loyal listeners, they really have their fingers on the pulse. They really have some interesting questions and wanting to get our perspective. Yeah, I completely agree. And like I said, this is a very well-rounded episode with just questions because we could have gotten the same 50 questions about the same thing. No, we got a lot, a wide array of questions ranging from NXT, AEW, Raw, SmackDown, the usuals. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. We need to do this more often. Yes, we definitely do. Well, just to let you guys know, you can actually send in questions every week before we do an episode. Uh, Before we do an episode, I will drop a tweet on our account on Twitter. That's at Ringside Rundown. Again, that's at Ringside Rundown. Every week before we do an episode, I drop a tweet asking you guys to send in your questions or your comments pertaining to anything wrestling. And you can do so in the replies. And if you do so, we basically read through everything. Not just in specific mailbag episodes. We just did this because we had a lot of questions for some reason. We had a lot of questions. And we wanted to do something different besides the usual recaps. Uh, But usually we do recaps and then we do questions. So if you have a question you want us to answer on the show, all you got to do is send in your question to at Ringside Rundown on Twitter, and we will definitely get it answered. Uh, This podcast is available all across the internet, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search Ringside Rundown and hit that subscribe button. If you can't find the podcast, don't worry. One of us will deliver the podcast to you on a silver platter, an actual silver platter. We have it engraved and everything. Everything, just for you. So definitely, if you can't find the episode, you can just hit us up on Twitter at Ringside Rundown and we'll find it for you. But this is available through through Anchor FM. It's available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple, basically wherever you listen to podcasts. You can can subscribe to it and never miss an episode. We usually try to do an episode once a week. And like I said, on social media is where we ask that question. What do you want us to talk about? on the podcast and what questions do you have for us 
to answer on the podcast. Uh, you can get in touch with me directly if you want to talk wrestling at my personal Twitter account. That's at Wrestling Cron. That's at Wrestling C-H-R-O-N. Shay, where can they get in touch with you? You can find me also on Twitter at Shailene Hickson 21. Uh, talk wrestling, talk sports, uh, hockey season's back. So that's probably all I'll be talking about on my Twitter. Um, but, and we also have Twitch accounts too. I, yes. On mine, it'll be Shay underscore Hickson 21. I may potentially be streaming on Sunday because my Twitch anniversary, streaming anniversary, is actually October 1st, so Saturday, but I'm uh, very busy that day. So we're going to try and move it to Sunday. We're going to have my uh, usual Dead by Daylight squad playing DVD like the good old days. So keep an eye out on my Twitter for that. I'll probably be posting times and everything there once we kind of figure out what we're doing. But uh, yeah, I might be dusting off the old Twitch account soon. Nice. And I'll be there in chat watching and having a good time. Uh, you can check my Twitch account out, twitch.tv slash Eric the Ghost. I, I stream uh, sporadically throughout the week. I don't have a set schedule, but I stream sporadically, you know, random games, whatever I feel like doing. It's always a good time on Twitch. Check me out, twitch.tv slash Eric the Ghost. And again, check out Shay's Twitch too. It's always a good time on her Twitch. And check out Eric says it's always a good time too. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. We're going to get the heck out of here. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, make sure, like I said, you check us out on Twitch and our Twitter and Instagram at Ringside Rundown. Check us out for Shay Hickson. My name is Eric Vasquez, and we'll see you next time. See you later, guys.